Hey, welcome to another episode of How to Watch a Movie as a Christian. My name's Riley. I'm PJ. And I'm Ben. How to watch The Office as a Christian. Now, we've been criticized. This is not a movie, is it? No, it's a show. But here we are saying how to watch a movie. Yeah, but... yeah. How to watch a movie or a show. Or a show or yeah. whatever you're watching. Watch something. Whatever. Yeah. PJ had the idea, how to watch your nephew as a Christian. That's actually a really <laughs> great idea. Just don't let him live in sin. <laughs> now, when it comes to The Office, I feel, PJ and I feel that we need to really defer to Ben on this one. You want to trade places? Sure. All right. Whoa. What's it like over here? Because how many times oh, wow. have you watched through The Office? I don't know. I honestly don't even want to say, even if I did know. Two? Two times? More than that. Because <laughs> I've watched through it twice. Okay. How about four I times? I would say I'm on maybe my fourth watch. You are? Really? Yeah. Whoa. But this is, I mean, what the show started in 2005, yeah, it's and I've been watching it since then. You okay. really just crank your head all the time sitting here, huh? Yeah. It's a lot of work. How no, many? I don't. I don't know. I honestly don't. I don't keep track. It's the show. It's on repeat at your house. Not really that either. It has been for a time. So um, here's just to let you in on my family, I guess. Uh, the two shows that we'll kind of just watch an episode or whatever comfort shows. Me and my wife. It's either The Office or Parks and Rec, and we'll go from one to the other. And uh, and not Space Force? No. No, that's not our favorite workplace comedy. It wasn't that funny. I didn't watch I it. I, I enjoyed it like I enjoyed it, but it, it was sort of like watching Steve Carell be a serious guy. I didn't like that at all. Especially should, after coming from one of the best workplace comedies. And he's a... If not he, the best. If not he, the best. He's a good serious actor when that's the role. But not any him. Okay. Now, let's start by uh, asking, what is your favorite scene? Like, just what is a scene that is so funny? So my favorite opening, which is, I think, my favorite scene, me and Hannah laugh so hard every single time. Uh, it's Kevin when he's talking about his family chili recipe. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes this bowl of chili up the stairs. And he's like, I think it's the thing I do best. And then he spills it the ground he's has a clipboard and he's like picking it <laughs> dude that gets me so funny that gets me good. that's funny how about it's you funny. pj uh i always love just the chaotic energy of when <laughs> it's the stress relief episode and dwight is in the little entryway with a match and he goes and a cigarette he says, today, smoking's going to save lives. <laughs> yeah. He lights the cigarette, puffs one, and throws in the trash, and it catches fire. And then the fire everyone's alarm screaming. goes off. Everyone's screaming, trying to get out of the building. And it's just chaotic. So much so Oscars it gives, up in the ceiling. Yeah. Save man. Okay, goes through the... And then that gives Stanley a heart attack. <laughs> and then Michael tries to resuscitate him and then sticks his wallet in his mouth. And I think he... This is like time of death or whatever. He considers him dead or something like that, I think. I don't remember, but it was just That might so be a super fan, actually. Maybe it is, yeah. Scene. I oh. think, I don't, this isn't a scene, but 
I, it definitely it makes me laugh without fail. Is thinking about the house party, <laughs> dinner oh. dinner party, dinner, dinner party, party episode. That episode is yeah. perfect. It's perfect, but the part that cracks me up is when he's describing his flat screen TV. Oh my word! Yeah, <laughs> it goes right into the wall. It goes in like an inch, dude. The, the the deleted scenes on those two. That episode is so yeah. perfect. Oh. There he he says the line put when you want to stand back and push it right into the wall, and then they start cracking up and they're like, "We'll never finish this episode." <laughs> oh, and the deleted yeah, bloopers, the bloopers, the bloops. Oh my gosh! Oh, my gosh. oh. yeah, that amazing. I would say Britt and I have watched through it twice. You know, when it comes to watching shows, there's you know this this one is top ten, like return to. Mm-hmm. What makes it so easy to? Not just like flip on an episode, but watch through the whole series. What is it doing that That's is a great so good? Question, because it is, it is on one hand, just amazing. It's funny, so funny, but it's also so rewatchable. There's something yeah. to that. I don't know. I'd it's have to very turn to comforting. You. It's like well, the whole show. Greg Daniels, the creator, he wanted to base it around the thought that there is. <coughs> Beauty in the ordinary things. I think Pam even says that in the very last line of the last episode. Mm-hmm. And whenever I watch it, I do think of that in mind. And it's true. It's just like, it's such an ordinary show with people who are relatable, flawed humans just like us. And it's just very relatable. It's like so many things that they do or have done or say or whatever are things that maybe we wouldn't say, but things that we have thought or you know scenarios that we can relate to. It's just, it feels like home. It feels like a family. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's this sick, like, it is part of my family because of yeah. how much I've watched it. Yeah, the time spent. Luckily, well, we, we actually learned a hard lesson. We stopped watching it um, when our kids are around, obviously. But we learned this because my oldest, who's five now, she walked into the living room when we were watching it, and she was two. And she looks at the TV and goes, Michael! And we're like, oh, no, we've made a grave mistake. So, yeah, that's when we stopped watching anything but Puff and Rock and things like that in front of the kids. I think I have two questions then about watching The Office as a Okay, I have a question before. Okay. okay? Because it's still a little surface level and I really want to know. I'm assuming you both have taken the BuzzFeed quiz on which Office character you are. No, I haven't. I don't know if I have. Okay, you guys need to and I need to share my results. You have your computer? Takes a little bit. Does it? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, it might take too long. So my result was Pam. I don't know if it's like artistic and I don't know, support role person. But Hannah, shout out Hannah, my beautiful wife, got Kevin. (laughs) 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 And I think think that's the best thing ever. Yeah, I, I think this is like taking the Enneagram test. It would take forever. Yeah, it takes Yeah, this is a lot. A little less than the Enneagram, but if I were to guess though, I think I would get Michael Scott. You think so? I think so. Okay. Just based off of your character, you mean? Kind because of thing? yeah, because he's the buffoonery yet like oddly serious at times. You know, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. I I can see. You could see that. Yeah. But I also would imagine because of that, I'm more of a Dwight, which right. can be true sometimes. Can be true. Aren't we all? 
Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? I think that this show does something. Maybe this is what makes it uh, so rewatchable is with an ensemble cast, you can do something. You can actually make the show feel complex and layered by breaking up complexity into a few dozen characters. So Angela is the religious prude, Mm -hmm. but then you add a little bit of complexity. She's sleeping with the senator or whatever. And then Kevin, he's the dumb guy, but he's also like you're it's like a it's like SpongeBob SquarePants, where this character's this, this character's this, this character's this, this character's this, and they're almost like in an ensemble together it makes up something very rich and complex, but each character's very kind of narrow. Yeah, I everyone, remember hearing I remember hearing or reading on some article that each character, each main character on SpongeBob is based on one of the seven deadly sins. Yeah, yeah you told me that. something yep. like that. Yep, is that very true? Crabs is greed. Uh, Sandy is, I think, pride, if I remember right. Uh, Plankton is wrath. Uh, Squidward is envy, or stuff like that. You know, and um, so. What'd you What'd you get? <laughs> you got straight up Jim. I'm Jim. Jim Halpern. Oh, hey. Nice. What does it say about you? Read it out. Uh, you enjoy joking around and pushing people's buttons. True. But that doesn't mean that you're not serious about your goals. True. Though you tend to want to escape your problems, you always end up pushing through and are happier for it in the end. Well, they nailed it. Wow. wow. I'm such a gym. Crazy. Do it. Okay, here, do let the me look. Do let me do it. Oh, We got to look from off camera. Oh, oh, hey. oh, yep. Okay, while I'm taking this test, I want to ask my first question, okay. which is, let's talk about one of the main uh, frameworks in The Office, just kind of to help people watch it. The Office does something that a lot of stories do, which is it gives you what's called the everyman. Who's the everyman character? Jim. Jim. He is the, the window of the audience. So when Michael's being a buffoon, he looks at the camera and goes... Right, And he's famous for that now, but Mm -hmm. that's actually a very common plot device in a lot of stories, is that in a movie or in a story where there's a lot of kookiness, whether it's evil or craziness or insanity or complexity or conflict, you give the audience an everyman character who is looking at it and going, what is... This is crazy. An anchor to keep it grounded. Yeah. Hey, you know what's even cooler than Triceratops? Every other dinosaur that ever existed. Didn't see that one coming. An example of this is in The Godfather, which is a story about a crime family. You have Kay, and that's Michael Corleone's soon-to-be wife. And she's constantly asking, Michael, why would you do this? This isn't right. You know, Senator's... Powerful men don't have men killed. Your your dad's an evil man. Like he, she's voicing what a normal person would say, and then the, it gives the other characters a chance to react to that and go, "No, it's fine because whatever." And so, like Jim is always kind of representing us, which then allows the other characters to bounce off of that and be themselves, and it makes it hilarious. Mm-hmm. So, any thoughts on that? <laughs> That's your question? <laughs> That's my question. Statement. Statement. What do you think? So, what do you how think? do you feel about That's that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's true. I, that's probably as to the watchability of it, the rewatchability. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think probably n- until nearing the end of the show, Jim, pr- you know, is probably everyone's favorite character because they relate to him. But then mm-hmm. people really started hating him nearing the end with all the drama with uh, the yeah. sports, whatever, and Pam and the marriage thing, which was a bummer that they did that. I've always said that Michael is the main character. I think that he goes through the most growth in his arc. And then once he leaves, the show does kind of fall apart. So it does yeah. back that up, yeah. I believe. So it almost it did almost feel like they were just trying to shake things up. And I don't think it worked. It didn't hit. I still will watch those seasons and still enjoy them because ultimately it is still well-written. But it, it was a, it is kind of a bummer at the end there. You know, something you should know, Riley, while you're doing that. Okay. I've rewatched the show a lot, but I don't rewatch past Michael leaving. Really? What season is that? I don't know. I don't remember. Eight. Eight. Yeah, Seven something or eight. like that. We usually stop. There are ten seasons. I might watch the last episode because I actually really enjoy I it. I do love the last episode. When Michael has two cell phone plans <laughs> just to hold all the pictures of his kids. <laughs> the That's last amazing. episode kind of annoys me for oh. how little he talks. Oh. That yeah. bugs me. Yeah. It's straight up just a little cameo. It seems weird. Yeah. I don't like that. It was awkward. But. But just enjoy it. It, it wraps fun. it up. Yeah, yeah. It wraps it up. All right, well, do you have any more questions for us? Questions slash statements? Yeah. Do you have any more thoughts? I think here, can... here is an actual question okay. about how to watch a movie, how to watch The Office as a Christian. Uh, I saw Jerry Seinfeld live one time. Cool. And he did a Q&A so afterwards. Cool for you? And people had to walk that up to cool. the mic to ask him a question. And there was this point where a, a kid, like a 10-year-old kid, walked up to the mic and asked him a question about Seinfeld. Like, what was your favorite moment about filming Seinfeld? It's my favorite show. And Jerry Seinfeld was like, why are you watching Seinfeld? That show is way inappropriate for you as a 10-year-old kid. And it was kind of funny kind of hearing that. He kind of made a bit out of it. But I guess the question is, when it comes to watching TV shows, one of the most common things I hear about The Office nowadays is, could this show get made today? Mm. That's true. You hear that so often. Why are, people, why are people saying that? Well, there's the first few episodes. The um, What's the title? Um, Diversity, Diversity, Diversity Day. Diversity Day. Day. Yeah, very controversial. Yeah. I mean, Michael and Dwight are just so... They just say things that... It's true. You can't really... When we say, can it be made today? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got Oscar why? Martinez. Wait, why? It says, you're very intelligent and quick to correct others when they're wrong. Whoa. You also have sophisticated tastes and enjoy discussing literature and other fine things. That's, That's not wrong. That's true-ish. That's a part of you. That's a part I'm of I'm sure you. a second would have been Michael or even Creed. Just for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, for some I reason. Dang it. <laughs> That's the one I should should have should have aimed for. Oh man, should have picked for. Yeah. Okay. It, but it so is. we're saying it's uh, there's things that they're saying that shows don't say now. They like don't what? make those jokes. Like what? About uh, different races, the way they do, even about mm. Oscar and homosexuality. These jokes aren't made in the same way. They're made at the expense of said race, ethnicity, or sexual orientation. It's not in like, the office. They yeah, are? yeah, okay. And honestly, season one, after season one, they 
did almost get canceled. It wasn't until Steve Carell, I believe, did 40-year-old version, version, virgin. The 40-year-old version <laughs> of The Office. Steve Carell did the 40-year-old virgin, and then season two sort of got picked up with the success of that. So without that movie, they think that The Office wouldn't have continued because it was so dry and crass, which is really interesting. Yeah, because... And cancel culture wasn't the same then that no. it is now. I think that's my question is not only would this show get made, but like as a Christian, you're dealing with something very crass. The jokes are so hilarious, but they're sometimes so inappropriate. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are jokes we wouldn't make ourselves in mixed company, but we probably would in this company. But but it is sort of... <laughs> we so I'm wouldn't. indicting myself. But... Riley. I, I guess I just think like... When it comes to this show, one of the main things with Christians is that it's inappropriate. Is it inappropriate equals what I show it to my five-year-old? Yeah, it's inappropriate. I wouldn't show it to my five-year-old. I mean, I think this show really does showcase human nature pretty well Yeah, in all facets. And human nature can tend to be pretty inappropriate. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I remember someone saying to me like... Oh yeah, the the film industry or Hollywood or something. They make a comment about how depraved that industry is, and I said, I have not heard more inappropriateness, more racism, more sexism, more uh, just heinous things said than when I worked at Microsoft. That's a heinous place, and my my point was like that's life, you know. You know, you kind of go into any industry in that. And I feel like The Office, yeah, it's like there's a lot of stuff that you I wouldn't show my kids yet. But, you know, when they're older, they're, they're, they are poking fun at things that are funny. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that it's inappropriate. But I feel like that's sort of the point of jokes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's so, I think it's so safely, like, they're doing it in jest. You know, no one's questioning their motives, you know. You don't watch the show and think, wow, I can't believe they did that. You're like, they're joking, and that's funny. And uh, we were talking earlier, and it brings up the topic of if it's funny, it's funny, right? That's a classic comedian's rule, which is like how far is too far is a joke. uh, When is a joke not funny anymore? And the answer, honestly, is when people stop laughing. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there is something to be said for who is laughing, yeah. And at what expense? Yes, that's a good point. But I but I I do think that the office points to like every single joke is it's not just punchlines. It's kind of human funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's human funny. It's how you relate to different you know, how men relate to women, how women relate to, relate to men, how minorities relate to the majority culture, mm-hmm. how bosses relate to to subordinates it's it's very like all the humor is based in characters and in relationships and yeah. so they're all kind of saying something that we all kind of go that's why so often you're like it's like that office episode when mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah because the the show itself is in my opinion in terms of comedy the best written comedy tv show ever i really think that you heard it here the characters are well fleshed out even the role characters or side characters where they all have their thing. Everyone knows who everyone is. 
And then the office is just taking these characters or personalities and putting them in different scenarios. And that is just so interesting to watch this personality interact with this personality in this scenario. What does that look like? And then, you know, they just sort of mix and match in that way a lot. I think we make too much, as Christians, we make too much about like what the Bible calls coarse jesting or perverse talk. In my opinion, what it's talking about is putting people down. It's um, undermining authority. It's destroying reputations. It's being cruel and inhumane. That's what it's talking about. Mm -hmm. Potty humor is not, in my opinion, what the Bible means. Because what that potty humor doesn't destroy people's lives. Do you see what I mean? So so what's what's the reaction to it? I mean, not to get to the big question early, but how what is the approach for you at least in coming to something like the office? At the end of the day, the goal of the show is not to destroy people or hurt people, but actually to make light of all of the craziness that is this life. And I think that the best comedies do that, which is uh, probably why this show has stood the test of time. Yeah. The Office, because of The Office, uh, I, it made me want to become a television writer. Really? Specifically comedy. Oh, I even moved to Chicago to do that. Wow. Because I just wanted to, because of The Office. It was literally life-changing. Wow. Which is kind of crazy to say and think about. That's awesome. That's how we're watching The Office as a Christian. We are Pacific Parable, and we will see you at church. What's that one? What's that? Is that our song? Oh.